It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am joined by nobody. I am going to quickly go over today's game or yesterday's game by the time you guys are listening to this. Lakers beat Orlando 96 to 87 in a game that happened. That's about as as well as I could summarize that game. It was a weird one. Lakers jump out to a real big lead. I think it was like 24, 25 points. Uh, Orlando comes all the way back. And it wasn't even like Orlando was playing that well. And it was it was just the Lakers were just incredibly lazy after they built that lead and shit happens, I guess. So I'll quickly go over the game, uh, some of the notes I made over the course of it. And then uh, I'm going to turn to the iTunes mailbag to get caught up so that Pete and I can have some some actual basketball conversations uh, tomorrow on topics that, that we want to come up with. So we'll see how all these things go. As you guys can hear, I'm still getting over this cold. I bit my tongue also, so uh, it sounds like I have an incredible lisp. That's got to sound great in your guys' cars. Let's just get through this one, all right? All right, so let's start with I thought the the best player on the court tonight was LeBron, as is, you know, the, the his his usual custom. 25 points, 11 assists, or no, 10 assists, 11 rebounds, 11 of 24 from the field, 106 from three-point range. And yet, I'm not going to call those stats empty. I would never go that far. Triple-double's a triple-double, and the Lakers won. So by definition, when your team wins and you get good stats, those aren't empty stats. But I feel like... One of the things that we have talked about quite a bit throughout the season and since LeBron came to L.A. has been that the Lakers seem to take their their drive and their energy. Like they're go- they're they're going to build off of LeBron's energy to a large extent. And I felt like even while he had a great you know a, a great statistical game. He just was kind of going through the motions, especially after they built that big lead. I thought he and everybody came out with incredible energy and built that really big lead and then just kind of coasted. And, you know, some nights you can get away with that. Orlando is not a very good team, and they're banged up as well. They were playing without uh, Markel Fultz, who wasn't out there, and then uh, Nikola Vucevic is, is still hurt so they're they're still kind of trying to to figure things out over the course of the season but I don't know it was it, it just it leaves a gross taste in your mouth and and I say that as somebody who just had some cough medicine which never leaves a very good taste in your mouth I want to talk about Jared Dudley 
he is not somebody who usually comes up on the show because he's not somebody who usually plays, but he steps in today in Kyle Kuzma's absence, drops nine points, three of five from the field, all three of those uh, field goals coming from behind the, the line. And even his fourth one looked like it was online. Even Stu said that as it was happening. Uh, a really good game for him. And then on top of everything, when Dwight Howard got into a bit of a tussle uh, because all of Orlando's arms, he got he got kind of tangled up in there. And the first person there to, to let everybody know that they aren't going to mess around with his teammate was Dudley. And I, on one hand, I, you know, the, the kind of stickler in me says, hey, man, it was still a close game. Please don't get thrown out of a close game while you are one of the few Lakers hitting shots consistently. But on the other hand, he had said heading into the year that that's kind of the role he's going to play, that if he's on the court and somebody is trying to get away with stuff with a teammate of his that he doesn't like, he's going to let it be known that he doesn't like it. And he stood up for Dwight there. And, you know, even while they lost probably the guy who was shooting the ball the best for them on the night in that moment, I felt like the team kind of woke up and then took care of business the rest of the way in that fourth quarter. So that was cool to see. Good all-around game there from from Dudley. Uh, Avery Bradley made his return and <clears throat> looked like somebody who has missed significant time. He uh, never really got into much of a rhythm out there. Uh, he finishes the game with only two points, one of four from the field. Um, but we're kind of seeing this again where so look at the starters here. Anthony Davis plus four, LeBron plus eight, McGee minus three, Danny Green minus eight. Uh, o of six from three-point range for Green, one of those games for him. Uh, KCP minus three. And then you look at the bench. Jared Dudley plus 16. Uh, Avery Badley plus 12. Alex Caruso plus 13. Uh, even Troy Daniels in very few minutes, uh, very short minutes, plus eight. So the Lakers bench, you know, Anthony Davis said the other day that he doesn't think they're getting enough credit. And, you know, to the bench's credit, they are going in there and kind of lifting the energy of the game when you see the starters just kind of messing around, uh, especially at the beginning of the third quarter, right? They came in there and just kind of fucked around for a bit, and it really kind of threw off the, the way the game was supposed to go. And, you know, it's 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 good that the bench was able to step in there and take care of business. It would be nice, though, if a starting unit with LeBron James and Anthony Davis could, especially in the third quarter, come out and punch a team in the mouth when they already built that lead. Why not just build that lead again? And that's kind of this is where the, the way that the game goes is kind of a bummer. You know, the Lakers jump out to that 25-ish point lead. You would think that LeBron would be able to get away with not playing as many minutes. Well, Davis plays 37, LeBron plays 38. And getting ready for a long road trip, this is a game that would have been nice to get some rest for those guys, and and that's not how it played out. So a win is a win, and, you know, Anthony Davis said it after the game that not all of their wins are going to be pretty. The Lakers are still off to their best start in my lifetime. They are 22-3. and three. Uh, They haven't started that well since the 85-86 season. So kudos to them for this start. You win however you have to win on any given night, but feels like a bit of a missed opportunity here to get some important guys some, some important rest at the beginning of this road trip. 
Let's take a quick second here. When we come back, I'm going to start answering your questions. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right. The first question here comes from Paul Thrilla. Hey guys, a lot was made in the off season of AD wanting to play power forward, not center. And if AD did have a weakness. It was him getting bodied by bigger centers around the league. What do you guys think uh, leads to his, has led to his success against Jokic and uh, Gobert on this road trip? Thanks for your time. So I think one of the things that you know a lot of people said when there was a lot made about him, Anthony Davis not wanting to play power forward uh, or, or wanting to play power forward and not center was that, well, look, he has made those gripes before and then still went out and played power forward or or still went out and played center. Uh, That has not really been the case this year. He has played the most minutes at power forward than he has really at any point in his career, maybe since his rookie season. And, you know, even with that said, Lakers lineups with him at center haven't looked that great. Now, a lot of the Lakers lineups when he is playing center – don't always feature LeBron as at power forward. So I think the lineups when you have Anthony Davis at center and then LeBron James at, at power forward, those are still going to be the Lakers' best lineups, and, and those are going to tend to be the, the lineups that they tend to close with. To answer the second question, the reason why he was able to succeed against Jokic and, and uh, Gobert was that the, that, uh, the Lakers have done a really good job of trying to get him the ball on the move. What you can't do if you're going up against guys that big is allow them to play stationary and allow them to to get set their base and be physical with you. Jokic is in kind of a weird spot too, though, because he's been kind of moping throughout this year. He's picked it up a little bit of, of late, but he's kind of moped and he moped throughout that game against the Lakers when when the Lakers were in Denver, but. Uh, but yeah, I think to answer the actual question here, the reason he, meaning Anthony Davis, had success against both those guys is the Lakers put those guys in pick and rolls, and Anthony Davis was able to attack the defense with a bit of a head of steam. Whereas, you know, when when uh, earlier in the year, if if he would have played against those guys, they would have kind of tried to post up and gone to straight post-up situations, and I don't think that would have worked out very well. 
All right, Trojan Jake writes, Hey guys, fantastic work at all as always. Thank you. How do you guys feel about our big's defensive potential against Montrez Harrell? I was watching the Clips play the Blazers the other day, and he had his way offensively with Portland's interior guys, but it's hard to imagine he'll be as effective against our guys, right? Well, Portland employs Hassan Whiteside, and when you look at Hassan Whiteside, you think, that guy should be a really good NBA big. But he has the motor of a tranquilized hippo. Uh, it's not great. It's it's not very good. And yeah, when when Harold goes up against a guy like that, where Harold has one of the, the the best motors in the game, he's going to just run circles around Whiteside and and have his way, as you say. Uh, but against the Lakers. You know, Dwight has a pretty good motor. Anthony Davis has, has uh, an incredible motor. JaVale McGee, in the minutes that he's out there, uh, can definitely move. And the Lakers have enough length to to give Harold problems. So I, I think if it was just a straight matchup like that, I don't, I'm not really particularly worried about Harold. But those things don't always happen, happen in vacuums. You have, you know, over the course of the game, uh, you have Davis, you know, trying to help out because Kawhi Leonard is is picking apart his matchup, and that allows for Harold to get into the cracks, and and that's where Harold starts to give you problems. So I, if it's just a straight matchup, I'm not all that worried. It's when the Lakers bigs have to rotate over to help elsewhere. That's where Harold makes me a little nervous, and and that's where. Frankly, he he probably will get quite a bit of opportunity to to give the Lakers some problems. Uh, by so the the question here comes from somebody with a bunch of emojis. Uh, what's good, Anthony and Pete? Still loving the pod. I did I did figure out how to change my name from a bunch of emojis. Just haven't had a chance. So my bad. One. Uh, Dwight now with two, three attempts in back-to-back games against Denver and Utah. Do you think it's because it's two games we were going to end up winning and they were just garbage time threes, or do you think he's getting that kind of confidence uh, we, don't want him, we don't want him to have because he also had a mid-range bank shot in the Utah game? Two, what's demanding the ball in the paint, uh, and, and what, what does that look like to play into his role? I, I Look, they were garbage time threes. I wouldn't make too big a deal out of it. Uh, with all the legal matters with Cousins cleared up, if he's ready while we're in a deep playoff run, does a 70% uh, conditioned Cousins make our team better or worse? What's the best lineup you could see him with? I don't think, like, we we need to give up on the Cousins helping the Lakers uh, narrative this year. It's not going to happen. Three, is it safe to say that Lethal Shooter has really helped out KCP, Rondo, Kuz with their three-pointers because Kuz... Uh, besides Kuz thinking too much on possessions, it seems like their three-point shots are better, and it also seems like Rondo can't miss. Is this something you can accept to outweigh him being a liability on defense? Pete and I talked about this last game, and look, so long as Rondo is shooting, like he's not going to shoot 50% from three-point on the year. But, you know, Pete and I kind of decided on 42 to like 45% if he's in that range from three-point range, then yeah, it does outweigh his liability on defense because he would make the, the Lakers offense that much better. Regarding lethal shooter, uh, KCP has either been incredibly hot or incredibly cold this year. Uh, and I, I kind of want to see when we get to the end of the year, how much of which of you know how much of each of those things he is is he does he have longer stretches of incredibly cold than he does incredibly hot uh 
Kuz, I, I, I still think the verdict is out on Kuz and, and probably will remain out on Kuz for quite some time. He missed last night's game against Orlando with a sprained uh, ankle. I actually kind of think, you know, on top of just getting healthy in general, he's still probably uh, recovering from uh, the injury that, that kept him out, the, the stress fracture in his or the stress reaction in his foot that kept him out to begin the year. Got poked in the eye a couple times, a couple of other, other bumps and bruises over the course of the year. And him being out allows him to kind of see where he can attack. For example, Dudley steps in and was just wide open on three-pointers all over the court. And, you know, if Kuzma is watching that, maybe he can kind of pay attention to Dudley and, and figure out ways that Dudley was able to get himself wide open uh, to, to extents that, that Kuzma hasn't been been able to find that space himself. So just stuff like that. And, and you know, sometimes time away from the game allows you... So golf is kind of weird like this, where... And, and, and anybody who has played golf will tell you, uh, you play golf, maybe say you take like two or three months off of golf and you just kind of let your swing reset. You go back out there on the driving range and you just feel like you're hitting the ball incredibly pure. You know, maybe your putting isn't right where it should be. Maybe your short game isn't where it should be because that stuff really helps with repetition. But your swing itself feels very natural. It feels very pure. And then, you know, because you you hit the ball really well there at the driving range that day, maybe you have a, a, a nice little stretch in a row where you go back, you know, three, four times, and then you start tweaking things, right? Then you start saying, well, should I mess with this grip here? And, and should I focus more on being inside out? Should I turn over a little bit more? Should I be a little bit more neutral in my in my weight throughout my stance like all these things and you start getting in your own head and then there it goes there went that really nice natural pure swing that you got because you took a few months off and then you have to take another you know maybe a month or so off let that swing reset get out of your own head and go out there and play more natural golf i kind of feel like that's what kuzma could use here is a nice little reset in terms of his approach to the game where he can kind of step away, stop thinking about, you know, what reads and this and that and the other. Just just take a step back, focus on, say, your three-point stroke, get that under control, and then come back and, and resume that kind of nice, pure golf swing. Uh, let's take another quick second here, and when we come back, I'm going to finish off your guys' questions. playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs mark your calendars to listen to locked on nba every monday to be up to date locked on nba available on youtube and wherever you get podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day All right, by Magic writes, uh, of course, covering the Lakers will be more popular, but your guest a couple shows ago needs to realize I probably wouldn't tune in uh, if he was the main host on a Lakers podcast. You guys are great and appreciate your takes, but if you weren't good, I wouldn't listen that simple. Appreciate it. My question is, why does your past guest hate the accountant so much? 
Um, and oh, I guess that's Alex Caruso. There you go. Uh, and why does he choose uh, sobriety, full needs, an MJ edible bat? I guess this is about Matt, and I, I'm almost positive he isn't sober. Last time we were in Vegas together, we 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 threw a few back. So look again. I, I said this a couple shows ago regarding Matt. I enjoy one. I enjoy how much work Matt puts into his basketball opinions. Uh, maybe he puts too much work into him and he overthinks and whatever, but, but I, I, I do really, I really respect Matt. He has been really good for the show. He has been really, uh, helpful to me personally. And I, even if we disagree on things, there's amount, there's an amount of mutual respect there and it makes for a fun conversation. And, and look, as somebody who is by far the least popular uh, host or co-host here with with Pete, it's kind of nice to bring somebody on that you like less than me. <laughs> uh, let's go with the next question here. Pineapples on pizza are awesome, right? Although I'm against this at the time of the question, if the Lakers were to move on from Kuzma, would you hope to get what would you hope to get back for him? Like I said, I'm not for this as of now. I'm just trying to see his value. Kuzma's value is difficult to figure out here because a he's kind of an anomaly, like we, we or not an anomaly. Um, he, he's he's very ambiguous in terms of 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 what he actually is. His rookie season was great. Uh, his rookie season was great compared to expectations. He was a twenty seventh overall pick, vastly outperformed that 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 draft slot. His next year he comes in, he actually has expectations tied to him, and he falls well short of them. This year he comes in, has even higher expectations of him uh, through, I'm not going to say no faults of his own because he does the whole Kobe uh, cosplay thing, but through mostly no fault of his own, expectations are frankly unrealistic. He has since fallen short, as you would expect, fallen well short of those expectations and it's hard to really figure out what he is. He's also banged up right now. As I said a second ago, uh, he he hasn't been healthy yet this year. I said to Harrison the other day on the show uh, on on uh, Silver Screen and Rolls podcast, I asked Harrison if he thought that he has seen Kuzma with the same kind of lift that he was getting last year. And, and, and frankly, I'm not really seeing it. And I wasn't exactly shocked today to find out that, that Kuzma was taking a day off. We'll see how long he actually stays out with this thing, but you know, I, I he hasn't really looked healthy. So, in terms of trade value, now isn't the time to move him. For one thing, the Lakers are winning, uh, and the other thing too is you don't want to sell a depreciated asset. And right now, his value is lower than it would be really at any other point in his career. So why try to move on from him now? I don't even know if it's worth the exercise of, of trying to evaluate what his, what his return might actually be given how low his stock currently is. Let's go with the next question here from Jason from New York city. Uh, Hey Pete and Anthony love the pod. Always a daily listener. Don't worry. This is a super lighthearted question. Uh, just curious, what moves would you make if you were the commissioner of the NBA? And I and I guess for this hypothetical, the players' union didn't exist. How would you ensure the growth of the game that the growth of the game continues? Would you add a few teams or take some away? Personally, uh, I would. Uh, never mind. I'll wait to hear from you. 
So I'm going to bring this back up with Pete. I enjoyed this conversation. We've had this uh, a couple times over the course of the running of this show. So I'll bring this back up to him. Right now, there's a big conversation about ratings regarding basketball or regarding the NBA that they're dropping. And I think some of it is beyond the NBA's control. The NBA's audience skews younger, and younger audiences are going to be more susceptible to cord cutting. So you're going to feel that in the ratings more with the NBA than you will the NFL or, or Major League Baseball. So I think you got some of that going on. I think another factor here, though, is that you have an entire conference that for more than a decade has been eons behind the West, right? The Eastern Conference has been a joke for a really long time. And while LeBron was playing out there, it, you kind of got away with it because whatever, LeBron's out there. And, and well, now that LeBron is in the West, you have important time slots out there in the East that are being filled by garbage teams. And then by the time the Western Conference game starts, usually around 730 uh, in national game uh, slots, well, by the time that game has started, everybody's tuned out because the Eastern Conference game was such garbage. So, and then and then the other thing too is that like on the East Coast, you have an audience like by the time that game starts, a 7:30 game, that's 10:30 p.m. Eastern time. And, you know, it's kind of hard to get people to to in front of the TV for that. You look at uh the NFL games and, you know, they start 10 o'clock a.m. our time, which means, or on, on West Coast time, which means, you know, they're at 1 o'clock on the East Coast. Everybody can tune in for that. Everybody can. Uh, the the big Sunday night game, usually it's about 5 o'clock, 5.20, right? That's 8 o'clock, 8.20 on, on uh, East Coast time. Everybody could tune in for that game. Monday night football, same kind of thing, 5 o'clock. Everybody's tuning in at at uh, at eight o'clock Eastern time. Now the NFL is a bigger league. It's always been more popular than the NBA. Than the NBA, but they make life easier on themselves. And you know, while uh, it's harder for you know if if a game was to start out here at five thirty for uh, a Laker game. Well, just about nobody would be in the stands by the time that game started. So you got to kind of try to uh, compromise here. But could you start it at like 6.30? Could you start it at 6? Like usually if a, if a game is slated to start at, at, at say, 7.30, it's not starting till like 7.40. So could you start a game at – could you schedule the game to start at 6? Have it start at like 6.15? That's like nine, – that's 9.15. That at least gets the, the – there's a chance at, at people on the East Coast tuning in it for for at least the start of that game, right? Just some, and that's just like that's just one possible solution. There's all kinds of other things. You have the the lack of loyalty from superstars. So you have throughout the league. If I'm if I'm a Bucks fan, I'm watching Giannis right now. Am I just counting down the days until he's actually gone? Till he goes to the Warriors or the Lakers or the Knicks or the whatever. Is that is that something that the NBA can even legislate, right? Now, out here as Laker fans, we love the fact that we're just waiting for Giannis to come, right? It's great for us. It's fantastic for us. That's why ratings are up in, in L.A., but they're kind of down everywhere else because, you know, Kawhi left Toronto. Uh, Paul George left Oklahoma City. 
to come over here to L.A. And now Clippers fans, all five of them, are really excited. But Anthony Davis leaves New Orleans. And, you know, if you're, if you're a New Orleans fan, you're getting ready to watch Zion. Are you, is that a ticking time bomb? Is that, is that, are you just counting down the, the days, months, weeks, whatever, years until Zion is, is a Laker or a Clipper or, or a Nick or a Net, right? Like, how, how, how can, can the league actually do anything about this? Because, you know, if, if I was a team, if I, for example, I'm a Vikings fan. Uh, I I um, have been a Vikings fan for a long time, and there's a sense at the beginning of every season, yeah, I'm probably not going to win a championship this year. Probably not. In the back of my mind, I'm hoping for it, but I know you know what? I'm probably never going to be able to see a Vikings championship in, in over my lifetime. Uh, is that a, is that okay for for NFL fans? Vikings fans would say yes, and they will root for their team regardless. But in the NBA, in a much in a much more predictable sport, is that okay? Are there fan bases out there? Do do Orlando Magic fans, if you were to if you were to actually ask them straight up, do you think your team will ever win a championship in your lifetime? What's their answer going to be? They've lost multiple superstar centers to the Lakers. Is that good for the league? It's great for the Lakers, but is it good for the league? I don't know. I I, I legitimately don't know. Uh, but but if I was if I was commissioner, I would I would start there with with figuring out ways to quote unquote help continue to grow the league. Is how do we how do we make it easier for people? Freaking league pass is a freaking disaster. It's awful. It's a terrible product. That needs to be figured out. And and uh, if I was a commissioner, that's where I would start. But I'll, I'll bring that back up with Pete tomorrow. Sporadic writes, mailbag question. Let's say Boogie magically gets a sensu bean and is suddenly as healthy as his body will allow him to be. How does that affect the current play of the team by adding a, a third uh, slash fourth head at center? Kind of think you would have to let JaVale go. If, if Boogie came back and was just 100% healthy, I don't think there's enough minutes for all of those guys in the uh, in the front court because, you know, you would say, well, just play Boogie alongside AD. Well, that means you're going to get fewer LeBron at the four minutes, and then what does that do for Kuzma's minutes, right? So I think if you just if Boogie was just 100% healthy, as healthy as when he was signed, uh, Lakers fans thought he was going to be to start the year, then I would just kind of let Javale go. Uh, it'd be a bummer, but that's kind of how that goes. Let's go one more question here before my my voice gives out completely. Uh, I don't know. Uh The complete turn around of this team makes it hard to believe that the entire Magic Johnson Rob Polinka fiasco was only eight months ago. It is wild, right? What a long way that the Lakers have come in such a short amount of time. Uh, I. Like I said the other day, though, it would be nice if Magic was more involved with this rebuild than kind of the opposite of being involved with this rebuild, right? Like he was he was the person charged with rebuilding it, and yes, he helped land LeBron James, and that was a very important first step. Though some would probably say how much of a role did he play there? Was LeBron already coming regardless? Whatever. Uh it's an interesting what if, but I do wish Magic was more involved here just because uh, 
he's an icon and and it sucks to see magic just kind of become a joke for the fan base as an executive he he, he's forever untouchable as a player but as an executive as now like a face around the lakers i'm not really sure he can show his face around the lakers uh in 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 a laker game or whatever i i'd i'd be interested to see what the reception there would be i think most laker fans who are going to game or die hard enough to just give him an ovation regardless and the lakers are in such a good spot that like why muddy those waters with booing for magic but it's it's interesting nonetheless That'll do it for this episode of the Lockdown Lakers podcast. Pete will be back tomorrow. He and I will probably dive back into the mailbag. We'll figure out a couple things ourselves to talk about. I want to come back to that commissioner question. Uh, So plenty of fun stuff here today. Again, the Lakers win in Orlando. Ugly, albeit, but you know what? It's a road win. 12th straight road win. 22-3 on the year. Best start since 1985. Since the 1985-1986 season. Can't really complain about that too much. So have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's. Talk to you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 